Hey, welcome into the Best Coast Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Jordan, and I'm here with Josh. What's going on, Josh? Hey, what's going on, brother? Hey, not much. Our uh, our fearless leader, Brandon, is out with his lady for her birthday tonight, so he won't be joining us. But Josh and I are going to hold it down. Uh, we had an exciting week three of the football season. So what you uh, what you think of this week, man? Man, exciting. I don't know if it's is the way I would put it, because there was a lot of games that were a struggle to even get through, especially, you know, Monday night, Sunday night game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not the greatest. I mean, tonight wasn't too bad. Uh, the, the Giants and Cowboys. I thought it was it all right. It started so slow. It did start pretty slow. We got a little scoring going on later on, and it got a little bit exciting. But yeah, uh, the the Sunday night game was was brutal, dude. I you know I've got a three year old that I'm trying to convince to watch football with me all the time, and uh, it's really her first exposure to like sports that I'm you know that are on the TV than and not children's shows all the time. And yeah, I feel bad that I'm trying to get her to watch Sunday night football with me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, let's uh let's hop into a little bit of news. We're going to fly through that and then we'll we'll get into the games and give you guys a recap on those and we'll uh we'll finish up with some waiver wire stuff for tonight to get you guys ready for waiver wires Tuesday and Wednesday. So, um, first thing on the news, we had Michael Thomas had a foot injury and Jarvis Landry had a knee injury. Uh, Michael Thomas did seem like he was probably okay. I don't think he's expected to miss time, but we're going to have to keep an eye on that and watch the practice reports. Um, I didn't hear much about Jarvis Landry's knee injury. I don't think it was considered serious either. Josh, did you hear about that? No, I, I think they're both day to day as far as I know. So just keep an eye on it, and uh, you know, hopefully Michael Thomas won't miss any time in your uh, in your lineup this next week. Yeah, he's been good so far. Uh, another yeah. guy that's day to day is David Montgomery with a knee injury. He left pretty early on, and uh, we'll talk about Khalil Herbert, Herbert, who came in and absolutely smashed in that game afterwards. Yeah. Um, uh, Brown's defensive end Miles Garrett had a car accident. He is alert and responsive in the hospital. We're gonna have to wait for more details on that, but uh, hopefully he's okay. Um, yep. uh, I didn't hear a lot of details on that, but we'll we'll keep an eye on it and keep you guys updated throughout the week. Yeah, um, and that'll probably be the the news story that you guys hear outside of our podcast too, because it's kind of big news. Yeah, I'm sure. So just keep your eyes open on that. Um, you know, he's a huge piece of that defense there for the Browns. And then Sterling Shepard had a non-contact injury at the end of tonight's game. He was carted off the field. That didn't look good at all. So no, it looked like a knee injury of some kind. And it was, uh, yeah, like you said, non-contact. It just sudden, suddenly he started grasping at his knee and couldn't walk. So yeah, yeah, that guy's had a lot of bad luck with the injuries. It's tough to see. So hopefully that ends up being less serious than it looks because it looked really bad. Yeah. I mean, I've only ever heard great things about the guy. I knew people that, you know, went to college with him in Oklahoma and only had spectacular things to say about him there too. So I'm always rooting for Sterling Shepard. All right. Well, uh, on that sour note, we will uh, hop into some game reviews and hopefully uh, give you guys some information that'll help you out going into week four of fantasy. Hopefully you guys had a good week oh. three. I hopefully had a great three in any of your leagues. I had a great 
great week three. How was your week three, Josh? How'd you do in Dynasty? You know, <laughs> we had what was the, the worst bowl? We had the worst bowl in Dynasty. <sighs> Jordan's doing just great over there. I don't want to uh, get into how terrible I am, how down in the doldrums I am today, but um, lost that one. That was rough. I lost in another Dynasty league, and I lost by less than three points. That was brutal oh and uh and i won in one league that i was oh and two in so thank god <laughs> i'm still I, alive baby i beat the other josh who guessed he was a guest on this podcast back on like episode four um i beat him by two points in our league of record yeah so. i've seen some crazy close games on twitter send some stuff our way guys i want to see it at bff b at bcff josh on twitter just send those close scores to me please oh yeah, make me feel better about my close losses i think we had uh we had two games in our league of record that were within a point and then i won by 2.3 i think it was so it <sighs> was it was a crazy weekend uh all right so First I'm hoping for a better week four. I'm hoping the... for a week four that's a little more predictable. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It's been crazy so far. We've had a lot of studs disappoint and a lot of good games out of guys we didn't really expect. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah the uh, the first game we got Saints went uh, to Carolina and played the Panthers and lost fourteen to twelve. Both teams moved to one and two on the season. Uh, CMC had a hundred yards, only four targets though. Are you concerned about this target volume for Christian McCaffrey? I'm the thing I'm concerned about is the Panthers won and they only targeted CMC four times. Um, that, you know, in previous years we've seen if, if they're going to win a game, it's on the back of CMC. Um, I, I guess they're doing it on the defensive end now. And, you know, that should bode well for CMC in the run game. So hopefully these 100-yard games just continue and you don't have to depend on those pass-catching moments. Yeah, their their defense did play great. Um, the offense, though, looked absolutely terrible. LaVisca Chenault was the one bright spot uh, who broke a really long touchdown. DJ Moore only had three touches, one reception for two yards, and he had two carries for 13 yards. Um, a lot of people are asking on Twitter if you target. can drop DJ Moore. Oh my god! You know, okay. So, like I said, DJ Moore didn't see his first target until like three minutes into the second quarter, and they were not already not looking good. It's like I don't know what is going on with this offensive scheme that they don't want their playmakers to touch the ball. But uh, hey, that's that's the Panthers, not my way of looking at it. So. Um, would I drop DJ Moore? No, somebody out there probably wants to trade for him. I'm gonna put out every feeler in the world before I drop him. All right, on the other side of the ball, Chris Olave went nine of 13 targets, had 147 yards through the air. Uh, Michael Thomas had a decent game, but he did have that foot injury, so uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that Saints offense. I really like Olave going forward. Um, Michael Thomas has been great so far, but with, uh, you know, with the knee injury for Jarvis Landry and some other things going on in that offense, I look to see Olave continue to have a lot of targets there. Yeah. I like Olave, um, rest of season. I think he's going to have an awesome career as long as he stays healthy. And, uh, I liked him pre-draft too. So let's, let's keep that train rolling. Um, any concern about 
about Alvin Kamara. You know, I'm a little concerned about Alvin Kamara, uh, but I think maybe this just, you know, it was a bad game. The Panthers defense actually did play really well in this game. The Saints didn't get anything going until the very end of the game. So uh, I'm worried about Kamara, but I'm not going to freak out and try and sell him really low right now. I think there's going to be better games going forward in the season as he heals up from that rib injury. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And he had some plays where he did look pretty explosive yesterday, too. So I don't think any of that's really gone away. He did. He had some plays that looked really nice. So, yeah, I'm I'm not freaking out yet. It's it's but the, the reason I'm not really freaking out with Camara is so many of these top running backs have been really disappointing so far on the season. So yeah, man, it's a symptom of the season. Yeah, yeah. Outside of Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley, we've had a lot of really disappointing weeks from a lot of these top end running backs. I think that's going to correct itself throughout the course of the season. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, be be patient with some of these guys and don't don't freak out on a stud who has performed very well over the course of his career just because he has a couple down games. You know, these these trends don't always continue. So uh Let's let's move on to the next game. We had the Texans at the Bears. Texans scored 20 and the Bears scored 23. They moved to 2 and 1 on the season and the Texans are 0 and 2 and 1. Uh David Montgomery, we already mentioned he had that knee/ankle injury is what they're listing it as. He's listed as day to day. Uh Khalil Herbert had 200 uh, I'm sorry, had 20 carries for 157 yards and two touchdowns on the day finished as RB one this week. How do you feel about Khalil Herbert and his performance this week? You know, one of the things about Khalil Herbert, he actually put up like 30.9 fantasy points in a half PPR league um, after David Montgomery came out of the game. And that's something David Montgomery's never done in his career. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of Khalil Herbert. I want him on my team. If I'm a Monty owner, I want him on my team. If I'm not, um, if I'm a dynasty player, you're like, yeah, I'm going to try to get Khalil Herbert on my team. He's probably the only fantasy option on that team outside of Montgomery that I even want to look at. All right. And we'll talk about him a little bit in the waiver. Uh, he's, he's probably owned in most competitive leagues. If you're in a shallow league though, definitely somebody to look for. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, fields only threw the ball 17 times in this game. Even though the yeah, Bears I think won, Flacco has outthrown his entire three games in each one of the games that Flacco's played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh, on the other side of the ball, um, you know they didn't have a lot going on the offense, but Damian Pierce did have twenty carries for eighty yards, got a touchdown. Pierce he did fumble awesome. the ball twice, but outside he of the fumbles, twice, he looked but really he looked good. awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Brandon Cooks had a down day. It was rough all around outside of Damian Pierce for the Texans offense. So yep. um, I don't you think know, there's Bears- too much to take take away from that game. There's not a lot of fantasy relevant pieces. I think the Bears yeah. pass catching options I'm completely out on. And uh, the Texans of outside of... Yeah, uh, and outside of Cooks and Damian Pierce, I don't think there's anybody I really want to own for the Texans either, so... I agree. And I was talking to Brandon about it yesterday. I think, you know, Nico Collins is somebody that could be a good wide receiver too and could be fantasy value valuable, but not on this team, the Texans in 2022. 
No, in a dynasty format, a uh, back end of your roster to see what they do at the quarterback position next year. Mm-hmm. Sure. But yeah, I'm not interested at all in a redraft. Nope. All right. Well, we'll move on to the next game. We had Chiefs finally lost at the Colts tw- uh, 17 to 20. Colts moved to 1 1 and 1 on the season. The Chiefs are 2 and 1. Uh, Mahomes only had one touchdown in this game. He threw that touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey, who had 58 yards and also caught a two point conversion. Um, so, yeah, you good can't game slow for down that Travis Kelsey train, man. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, finished tight end three on the week. Uh, he's tight end two on the season just behind Andrews, who we'll talk about a little later. Um, CEH had a rushing touchdown, but finished with zero rushing yards. <laughs> I love these games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that before. I think I've seen that from Jordan Howard before. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> back in those Bears days. That uh-huh. was a really, really inefficient. But if you got him to the goal line, he could get you in. I think he even did it for the Eagles where he had like three rushes for negative two yards. And then his fourth rush was a you know positive oh, two yard gain for a touchdown. That's right. Those Eagles yeah. games. All right. Yep. CEH did catch all five of his targets, but uh, and he's been getting targets. He was out snapped in this game by Jarek McKinnon. Where do you where are you at with this backfield? You know, uh, I'm scared of this backfield, but I still (laughs) think CEH is the piece to own. He gets used in. I mean, they all get used in the red zone, but they're in the red zone all the time. So there you go. Yeah, I I want CEH. I don't really want to start McKinnon. No, I want CEH. Um, McKinnon's okay to own in a deeper league, or if you've got a free roster spot heading into Sunday and you want to throw him on your bench to see, you know, make sure CEH stays healthy and just add him before he could be, potentially be a waiver wire darling. There you go. Um, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at with McKinnon because I think CEH is going to continue to get the valuable touches. Uh, I think you you got to keep rolling him out there. This is one of the best offenses in football. And like you said, they're always in the red zone. So you got to keep playing CEH. Uh, Juju, five for 89 on eight targets. Finally got going a little bit in this game. Um, yep. Are you... what What's... Are you okay starting Juju? Do you want to start any of the other pass catchers in this offense? Because I'm that's where I'm I'm really out. Like I want to start Kelsey, I want to start CEH, I want Mahomes, and then I'd like to just be hands off. Yeah, I don't uh, Juju. It, if you have to throw him in your flex once again, if it's bye weeks and stuff, you could do worse. I don't mind five targets for eighty nine. He very well could have added a touchdown on that, and you're looking at a great game. So, um. And, you know, and eight targets, he's seeing targets. He's seeing good volume share from, you know, from the best quarterback in the league, hypothetically. So that's what I want. I'm not eager to go out and get him. I'm not trading for him. But if you'd like, if he's on our, my waiver wire, I'm going to pick him up. All right, that's fair. He's probably not out there on the waiver wire. But, you know, a lot of these guys that disappoint early, just keep an eye out in case one of your uh, one of your uh owners in your league is not quite as savvy and rage drops somebody they shouldn't have it's always best to you know in these early weeks just try and check every day if you can and see if somebody went to the wire who shouldn't have that's right Uh, i try to get it on my updates (laughs) yeah yeah uh, on the Colts side of the ball, they they managed to win this game. Jonathan Taylor had 21 carries, 71 yards, caught 20 more uh, yards through the air. 
Uh, Pittman was back for this game, nine targets, eight for 72. They were finally able to move the ball. Um, but the two touchdowns went to Jelani Woods. We were talking about him a little bit before the uh, before we started the podcast. And I'm not really interested in Jelani Woods. He he only has two targets on the season. They were both for touchdowns in this game. Uh, it's possible that he could get more involved going forward. But in a redraft format, I'm certainly not taking a shot on him. And in a dynasty format, you know, there's probably other guys I'd rather own. Yeah, it's worth pointing out that like OJ Howard did the same thing in game one and has had two targets since. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah. Some of these guys just flash out of nowhere, especially at the tight end position. It's uh, uh, not not something I want to look at really going forward. Right. Um, I'm excited about Pittman, though. He's you know, if he's going to keep getting near 10 or so targets a game, he's going to have good games more often than not. He's going to have the volume and they're going to find a way to win enough games to where he's going to have some scoring opportunities. So, uh, you know, Brandon, our co-host, absolutely loves Pittman. He's got him as a top five wide receiver this year and the volume is going to be there. So he just needs those touchdowns. Yep. All right. We got uh, Bills going to Miami to play the Dolphins. They lose 19 to 21, uh, moved to two and one. Dolphins remain undefeated at three and oh. Josh Allen had 400 yards, two touchdowns. He added 47 yards on the ground. He had three fumbles. Um, Singletary had a really nice game 11 targets, uh, nine for 78, and a touchdown through the air. Diggs uh, had a decent game, 11 targets, seven receptions for 74 yards. Isaiah McKenzie caught a touchdown. He had nine targets, seven receptions for 76. This Bills offense looked really good, uh, struggled a couple times to, to get it done, and credit to the Dolphins' defense, who I thought played a really nice game against one of the NFL's best offenses. Dude, the Dolphins D looked stout. They've looked good every game this year. Um, they've got it together, and their offense is humming too. So, uh, credit to to all those guys. And also, this was a cool game. We got we had two teams who hadn't had a single touchdown to the running back position, and we saw both teams get one in the end zone. Actually, Chase Edmonds had two touchdowns in this game. Yes, so, he did. And uh, that, was, that was nice to see. Yeah, we had another big game from Waddle. He had 102 yards receiving. Hill, unfortunately, was kind of the odd man out here. He only had uh, two receptions on four targets, 33 yards. He's going to have a bounce back, you know, probably next week. He's Tyreek Hill. He's going to be fine. Uh, that's I'm not taking receiver. him out of any lineup ever. No, no, absolutely not. not. That's the wide receiver position. Not <laughs> <laughs> that's just the wide receiver position. They're going to have down games here and there, so. Uh, stick with Tyreek Hill. He's been great, but um, man, this Dolphins offense is really fun to watch. Two, unfortunately, did leave for a short period of time in the game. It looked like he was concussed. Now they're saying that it was a back issue. He did come back in the game and finish the game and uh, and help lead the team to victory there. So. Too, so we'll see if, if anything comes of that. Yeah, the NFLPA is looking into it. Well, we'll know more later. I'm sure we will continue to hear about that down the road. But uh, that yeah. was that was a good game. Um, a little shocked that the Bills lost, but uh, 
credit, big credit to the Dolphins. They played, they just had a great game plan there as a good Dude, one. I'm just hyped on both of these teams. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. And that AFC East is like, you know, it's nice to see it competitive and not dominated by the Patriots like it has been for yeah. so long. That's nice. <laughs> All right, uh, Lions, they moved to one and two. They lost at the Vikings 24 to 28. Vikings become two and one. Cousins had 260 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson didn't participate in that. Uh, he went three for six, had 14 yards. What What was the deal with this? Is this, this is just another one of those things like the Tyree Kill thing, right? Where uh, sometimes wide receivers disappear. I think people are a little freaked out because it's two weeks in a row, but we're not worried about Jefferson, right? I'm definitely not worried about Jefferson. I will say I, uh, this secondary in, in Detroit, uh, Jeff Okuda is there, and he, he looks really good this year. He was like a number three overall draft pick a couple years ago, came out looking bad and got injured, and since he's been playing this year, it's been lights out. So look out for that guy in the future. Could be a tough matchup and something to keep your eye on. Uh, Dalvin Cook had 96 rushing yards and a touchdown before he dislocated his shoulder and left this game. Uh, we're not sure. Yeah, I think he's considered day-to-day as well. Um, if you're a Dalvin Cook owner and you've had him previously, you're familiar with this. This is a, a like a long-standing injury that he's had issues with. Uh, he will, I'm sure, try and play through it. Uh, if you have Dalvin cook. You should have Alexander Madison on your bench. That's yeah. That's you just, just what it should. Comes down to. Uh, Madison had 28 yards and a touchdown after cook left. Um, KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen both caught touchdowns in this game. So they managed to get it done on the offensive side without Jefferson. Um, good games from the running back positions. We finally saw Dalvin like he, he could have maybe had a really big game had it not been for the shoulder dislocation. I look for him to have some really big games going forward. So um, yeah. I like Dalvin Cook. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, he got banged up, uh, came back in the game, ended up six for nine, uh, 73 yards. Uh, Swift only had 10 touches, 46 yards. Meanwhile, Jamal Williams had a huge game, 20 carries yeah. for 87 yards, two touchdowns. Added 20 receiving yards. Uh, how you feel about this backfield here in Detroit? Well, we knew Swift was going to be limited. Um, the thing is, we've seen Swift get 10 touches before and have a huge fantasy week. So you don't really, if he's in the game and he's limited, you still have to play him. But, but if he's in the game and he's limited and you're a Jamal Williams owner, I think you have to play him. <laughs> I would agree with that. Jamal Williams has been great on his touches. Uh, Swift did pick up a shoulder injury in this game as well. And they're talking about he may miss a week or two because they'd like him to be fully healthy. So if they do hold him out, Jamal Williams, I'm sure he's not on waiver wires out there. You'd be crazy to have dropped him. But mm -hmm. if, if he's been sitting on your bench, you're going to need to play like these next couple weeks. You can play him. You should be starting him. He's going to get a lot of touches and has a lot of opportunity to score some touchdowns. So, Dude, yeah, this uh, offense moves. Yeah, I love Jamal Williams the next couple weeks. If Swift misses time, he's he's, you know, locked in RB one the next couple weeks. Um, yeah, I agree. TJ Hawkinson caught a touchdown but only had 18 yards his involvement has been pretty lackluster in this offense 
are you starting Hawkinson? Are you looking to the waiver wire? Where are you at with him? If there's better, if there's options on the waiver wire that are getting, you know, six targets a game, I guess I'm looking there. But that being said, you know, you're probably not finding that. You're probably not finding a team that's going to be as high scoring as the, the these Detroit games are. Um, they lose in close games that they have to come back in or they're, you know, suddenly losing in the fourth quarter when they've been up all game. And Hawkinson at least gets some work in pretty much all of them. So you could do worse. I'm not I'm not freaking out if I'm a Hawkinson owner. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably still better than just about anybody you could find on the waiver wire. Uh, probably a better opportunity to score a touchdown than most yeah. of those guys. So I think I'd still roll with Hawkinson if I drafted him, but it's not exciting. He's he's not taking the step forward you'd like to see over the last couple of years. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the next game. We had Ravens thirty seven at Patriots twenty six. The Ravens moved to two and one. Patriots one and two. Lamar Jackson is unreal. He had two hundred eighteen passing yards, four touchdowns through the air, added eleven carries for one hundred seven on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, Mark Andrews caught two of those passing touchdowns and 89 yards on eight on 13 targets, eight receptions. These guys are phenomenal, Josh. Um, did you watch this game? <laughs> They're my Super Bowl pick, man. If Lamar Jackson can stay healthy all year, and I think he can, he's he, he's more durable than people give him credit for. He's had like one injury and then he's been ill a couple of times. Like he had a stomach thing and then had COVID once. So as long as he's on the field, Lamar Jackson, I think, is the best player on the field any given Sunday. He He's just so good. Um, yeah, he's... And, uh, and Mark Andrews in his own right, dude. He, he'd be a great tight end on any team. You know, and then you pair, pair him with a, a quarterback as smart and capable of giving him the ball as Lamar Jackson is, and you've got a winning combo. Absolutely. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to run for 1,000 yards this year. It's not... I mean, he, he might run for 1,400. Like... It's it's insane. Um, Dobbins did return. He had nine touches, 40 yards. Uh, they were definitely limiting his touches in this game. So I look for him to be more involved going forward. But I would not start him next week. Are you in agreement with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I want to yeah, see as long as you've got better guy. options, I'm not going to start him next week. Yeah, I want to see him get more involved before I actually throw him into my starting roster. Uh, Mac Jones on the other side through three interceptions. He uh, sprained his ankle towards the end of the game, maybe the last play of the game. Um, so that's unfortunate. It sounds like he's probably going to miss a couple weeks. So I believe they will be starting Brian Hoyer at quarterback the next couple weeks, which is not, not all inspiring for the uh, passing offense. Uh, the, the, bright spot i guess for this offense has been the the running backs for mandre went 12 for 73 with a touchdown caught four or five passes for 28 receiving yards damian harris added 11 for 41 on the ground and a touchdown um Devontae parker did have a nice receiving game 156 receiving yards but overall uh this offense has really struggled on the season and i don't you know i'm, I'm gonna worry about this team without mac jones Yeah, uh, even the run game, just because I don't think the offense is going to move as well. And that's, you know, they're only really thriving on the fact that they're getting work in the red zone and they're getting the touchdowns. 
So I don't know if I want to start anybody moving forward until Mac Jones is back. I've uh, I've got a league where I'm probably going to have to start Ramondre either as you know an RB two or a flex play. Uh, how do you feel about Ramondre if Mac Jones misses some time, or how do you feel about Damian Harris uh, if if Mac Jones misses? I think two to four weeks is what they're saying. Um, do you feel like you should be trying to like find other options? I, I'm like you're probably not going to be able to trade these guys for value, but are you going to just try and find other options where you can bench them until Mac Jones gets back? Yeah, that's probably my outlook on it. Um, I mean, here's the other thing too: you got to stay, you know, you got to stay up on it. So next week, I could say, "Hey, go ahead and bench Damian Harris." But if if it goes, you know, that the only people getting work are Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevens, and, and that's the only offense that they're having, and they both have a good fantasy week next week, and Mac Jones still isn't going to play the week after, you can probably go ahead and put him in your lineup. You know, you got to look at these things every uh, things change every single week. All right, and we'll be here later on this week to break down the uh, Patriots matchup for week four and talk about, uh, you know, where where we're sitting at with those running backs for that matchup. So uh, we'll move on here. We got a lot of games to cover and want to get to the waiver wire for you guys. So uh, Bengals 27 at the Jets 12. Bengals finally get a win. Moved to one and two. The Jets also one and two on the season. Joe Burrow, 275 mm-hmm. yards and three touchdowns. Tyler Boyd had a nice game, 105 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins caught five passes for 93 yards. Jamar Chase struggled a little in this game. He had 10 targets, but only caught six receptions for 29. He did get the touchdown. So all three wide receivers contributed in this game. Um, Samaj P. Ryan caught a touchdown. Mixon only had 38 total yards. He did have an ankle injury at some point during this game. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, on the uh, Jets side, it was not pretty. Joe Flacco had four turnovers. Brees Hall had 11 targets, uh, 92 total yards. And Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore both had 10 targets in this game. But uh, the Bengals were pretty dominant in this game. So, um, you know, like I said, good work for the wide receivers there. And uh, uh, how what did you see in this game? Any Anything really fantasy relevant you want to bring up? I don't think much changes, but you, you said Brees Hall had 11 targets. Let's go ahead and give him 12 because I'm targeting him in all of my trades for all my leagues. I want Brees Hall. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um we did see his snap percentage increase up to 51% this week. I think last week it was yep. uh, in the 30s. So he's definitely somebody on my radar as well that I want to make a trade target in leagues while he's... He's, uh, he's looking effective on his carries, more effective than Michael Carter. Uh, when the offense runs through him, it seems to do really well. So, yeah, I'm looking at Brees Hall, man. Yeah, and with these young running backs, if you do not go get him now, you will not be able to get him if he breaks out. Like after he has a big game, you you're not gonna. I mean, you you won't have enough to trade to go and get him. So you have to try and get him right now and get him on your team before he has a huge game. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. They both had ten targets. Wilson has been great. Elijah Moore has not been great. Uh, we're looking at week four as the probable return for Zach Wilson to this offense for Joe Flacco. So 
Uh, where are you at with those two guys in this uh, transition into Zach Wilson? I'm still loving Garrett Wilson. Um, I'm very hands off of Elijah Moore right now, just because, like you said, the targets are there, but he's not doing anything with them. Garrett Wilson does amazing work with his targets. So uh, just to me, it looks like that's going to turn into the Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall show. Tyler Conklin is low key having a really good year. Um, I don't know. When Zach Wilson gets back, it could all change up, but I'm going to roll with those guys right now. Tyler Conklin is tight end three on the season. Is that right? That's correct. Oh man. All right. That is, that's, that's weird. Okay. So, I mean, he might be out there on the waiver wire and he's a guy that's getting targets. He's getting volume. It's not the most exciting offense. And we don't know if he's going to continue to see that volume with Zach Wilson coming back. But Tyler Conklin, if you're struggling at the tight end position, you could definitely do worse. Um, all right, we're going to have to move into another game. The game I least want to cover Raiders 22 Titans 24. The Raiders do are the only to? 0-3 team. Yeah, Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the NFL. Titans are now 1-2. They finally get a win. Uh, it was a get-right game for Derrick Henry. 20 for 85 and a touchdown. He also had five receptions on six targets, added 58 yards through the air. Really nice game for Derrick Henry. Um, Robert Woods showed up in this game, had nine targets, four receptions for 85 yards. Traylon Burks, meanwhile, only had one reception. If uh, if you had to choose between Robert Woods and Traylon Burks for the rest of the season, who would you want on your team? Traylon Burks. Same. Okay. It didn't um, take me long to think Raiders, of that. I don't know if there was a flag uh, there, but I, I answered immediately. <laughs> All right. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, Car car through for 303 yards, two touchdowns, threw a pick. Mac Hollins, 8 of 10 for 158 and a touchdown. What do you think of Mac Hollins in this game? Man, I thought he looked awesome in this game. He was catching deep balls, contested catches. He was getting it all done. And I don't know where, you know, where Devontae Adams' production is going to come from in the future, but I'm hoping that he gets those looks instead of Mac Collins and maybe we win some games. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of Raiders fans are hoping for. Devontae Adams did catch a touchdown, but only five receptions for 36 yards. Uh, Waller only three He's had of a five touchdown for 22 yards. Too. Yes, yes. Devontae Adams has three touchdowns on the season and two lackluster performances of those of those three games. So it's uh, you know, it's it's definitely not been what fantasy managers who drafted him at the back end of the first round or very beginning of the second were looking for so far in the season. He's kind of the one early wide receiver that's really disappointed. Are you uh, expecting that to turn around? I mean, he's Devontae Adams, so. I think personally, I would expect to see him uh, have, you know, have a lot of better games going forward, continue to still have a high red zone target share, catch a lot of touchdowns on the season. But I'd expect the yard totals to go up quite a bit. 
I, I totally agree. And, you know, Justin Jefferson had a bad week this week, too. So these top end guys, yeah, maybe they haven't disappointed as much as, as Adams, but they will throughout the course of the season. Yeah. And uh, let's see, Josh Jacobs did actually show up and play on this game. He didn't fly with the team, but he did fly on his own, uh, joined the team and uh, was, you know, um, recovered enough from his illness to where he had 13 carries for 66 yards, caught five of six passes for 31. He did have a fumble in this game, but uh, the Raiders look awful. The coaching decisions look awful. Um the the offense in general looks bad the defense in general looks bad i'm i'm pretty bummed out as a raiders fan yeah i think we kind of all are uh (laughs) (laughs) i don't have much positive to say about it other than i do think it's going to get better all right uh hopefully it does let's uh let's move on Eagles moved to three and zero. They scored twenty four points at the Commanders, Please. who only put up eight points. They're one and two now on the season. Jalen Hurts was great again: three hundred forty yards and three touchdowns through the air. Nine carries for twenty yards. Uh, not quite the ground production we're used to, but he did a lot through the air, so he didn't really need to run a lot in this game. They were dominant. Uh, Devontae Smith was phenomenal. In this game, eight receptions on 12 targets, 169 yards through the air and a touchdown, making circus catches all over the field. This was a lot of fun to watch. A.J. Brown also had a really nice game, 5 of 10 for 85 yards and a touchdown. And Dallas Goddard got involved as well, caught a touchdown. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Eagles offense looks really good. Uh, where are you at with the Eagles offense? And uh, what did you think about Miles Sanders? I know we were confident in him going into the week. He only had 15 for 46. So uh, where are we at with Miles Sanders in this uh, Eagles offense? This this whole game was uh, kind of, a, to me, I'm kind of looking at it as an outlier game, not in that I think the Eagles like overperformed, uh, but they they did just as a team. Their defense was so phenomenally good against uh, Commander's offense that has looked good through two weeks, through prior to this week. Um, the just you know Jalen Hurts looked awesome throwing the ball to Devonta Smith, who finally showed up in a game. Like finally got you know he got AJ Brown involved also. Uh, like you said, got it, caught a touchdown. I'm not worried about Miles Sanders just because the this didn't seem like the normal Eagles game plan of how they win games. Like everything else clicked. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, uh, they were making big plays through the air. They didn't really need to pound it on the ground. And then they, uh, they got a big, big lead and the game was kind of just over. So um, that big lead mostly came in the first half. And in the second half, they just kind of killed the clock and didn't really do much. So, Wentz had two fumbles in this game. He didn't score a touchdown. Uh, Terry McLaurin, six receptions for 102, got really involved in this game. Curtis Samuel had 10 targets again. Uh, Dotson, eight targets, but only two receptions for 10 yards. That was disappointing. I flexed him. I was bummed. Um, Gibson got a rushing touchdown, but he was 12 for 38 on the ground. How are you feeling about Antonio Gibson as we get closer and closer to the return of Robinson from, uh, from his absence. 
I'm not excited about Gibson for the long term. Um, but I don't even know if that's because of Brian Robinson. I just haven't ever seen that much that I really liked out of Gibson, and he's only getting, you know, 14 rushing attempts a game or whatever. Um, he's usually, it seems like before he was getting more targets, but he only got one target this last game. So, you know, he's not the kind of player to me that's going to get it done on limited touches like that. And so I don't, I don't really have any interest in owning him. But if you've got him and you need to flex him in a week, you can probably do that right now. He's a, yeah, he's at least got the, uh, the touchdown upside currently. Um, Going forward, you know, I do really worry about him losing work to Brian Robinson. Uh, he definitely is continuing to lose work to J.D. McKissick, who played a ton of snaps in this game. So, um, you know, when they're down, he's going to be off the field. McKissick's going to be on the field getting a lot of passing work. Um, if you can trade Gibson right now, I think it's probably a good idea. I think this is yeah, the time they, where, you know, he just got a touchdown. He scored a touchdown last week as well. He's been dependable so far. You might want to try and capitalize now. That's fair, especially with their schedule coming up. They play at Dallas, home against Tennessee, at Chicago. That might be like the one game where they have a positive outlook coming up because then it's Green Bay, Indy, Minnesota, Philly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be. Um all right, let's uh, hop into the next game. Jags 38 at Chargers 10. Jags moved to 2-1, and one, Chargers 1-2. One and two. Uh, This was a little surprising. Uh, Herbert did end up playing for the Chargers um, despite the rib injury. Uh, Trevor Lawrence went 262-3 and three through the air. Zay Jones caught 10 for 85 and a touchdown. Christian Kirk 6 for 72 and a touchdown. Marvin Jones 4 for 33 and a touchdown. So he was just spreading it all over. James Robinson is awesome, is the man. 50-yard touchdown run, 17 for 100 on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, ETN got involved. He had 16 touches in this game for 75 yards. So, um, man, that uh, that Jaguars offense has really turned things around from last year. They've got some exciting pieces there. I like um, Herbert struggled in this game. He had two turnovers. Do you look at that as maybe just a symptom of a bad game in combination with his injury? Or is this, you know, something you might be worried about going forward? I'm not worried about it as long as he can get healthy this year, but if he's going to be playing with torn rib cartilage and playing bad, that's a concern. Um, I'm, I'm concerned because in the fourth quarter, when this game was already out of hand, Justin Herbert was still in there playing injured and they did not need to be doing that. Yeah, so yeah, that my was concern is if they're gonna I throw him out there, even in, in situations was, where he can get hurt. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You go ahead. We had a little lag there. Yeah, if he's gonna go into a situation where he can get hurt, and and they're playing bad too, it's just to me. It's just bad football and bad practice. I don't know why on earth they're doing it. So outside of fantasy at all, I'm just like frustrated by that. Yeah, I I think there's been a really 
you know, there's been a trend of maybe some questionable coaching calls. Uh, some teams need to kind of figure these things out going forward. It's early on in the season. Um, this is kind of what the Chargers do, though. So if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be a little worried. But um, outside of that, in this game, Eckler had four carries. <laughs> he did have eight receptions, which was nice to see. But only four carries, and they were getting other guys involved in there. So um, Eckler, I'm a little concerned about. I think things are going to be better going forward. But this is definitely not the start fantasy managers wanted from him. The uh, the one saving grace is that he's just not the I'm only guy struggling. It's Eckler, all of the running backs right now. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, I'm not yeah, concerned about uh, Eckler because of the struggle for passing sure. volume. He still yeah. has like the most targets through the RB position. So let's just hope that continues and that the touchdowns come. Otherwise, oh man, I don't want to have to bail off of my Eckler shares. <laughs> I don't think you need to bail on Eckler. It's still a good offense uh, as Herbert gets healthy again and the, they figure some things out. They're going to figure out that they need to rely a little more on Eckler in order for this offense to move. So they need to figure out their run game, really, because their pass game has been just fine, except that there's there's no run game to balance things out. Teams aren't threatened up front. So they'll uh, I'm sure they'll figure out some ways to uh, to get that uh you know, get that worked out a little better, try and create some run lanes for Eckler and get him some, you know, efficient carry work. Um, Mike Williams in this game only had one reception, 15 yards and a touchdown. So uh, he didn't completely kill you, but um, not a great game from Mike Williams. Josh Palmer had 99 yards on six receptions, a nice game from him. Um, I like Josh Palmer a lot going forward. Um, Mike Williams, I'm not too worried about. He's kind of that boom bust guy. He's going to have some big games. He's going to have some bad games. Um, you're still probably going to want him in your flex for that upside because he is going to help you win some weeks. So, um, Gerald Everett was bad. I was on, you know, this, this bothered me cause I said I was pretty confident in him. Um, and, uh, he only went two for six for 25 yards. So that was a bummer. But uh, I played him. I'm there with you. If you played Everett on my advice, so did I. And uh, it didn't work out for either of us. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> we can uh, we can move on. Hopefully it'll work out this next week. Um, Rams at Cardinals. Rams scored. <laughs> Rams beat the Cardinals 20 to 12. Or Rams moved to two and one. Cardinals one and two. Stafford and Kyler combined for a grand total of zero touchdowns in this game. Um, Cooper Cush, Coop, uh, Cooper Cup had a rushing touchdown, 64 Inspiring. total yards, a, a little bit, a little bit of a down game for Cooper Cup here. Um, Cam Akers touched the ball a ton. He had 12 for 61 and a touchdown. He did fumble. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit of a weird game. Allen Robinson had five targets, but only two receptions for 23 yards. All in all, offenses really struggled in this game. It was a, a pretty defensive game. Um, on the other side of the ball, Hollywood Brown was was incredible. He had 14 receptions for 140 yards on 17 targets. Uh, you know, that's not a not a great yards per reception, but uh, you love to see that volume there. And Greg Dorch also had some good volume, nine of ten for 80 yards. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about in this game was James Conner, 13 for 39. He had three receptions for 18 yards. 
Um, and this uh, this Cardinals run game looks really, really bad right now. And Connor is already banged up. How do you feel about Connor going forward? And if Connor's injured, how do you feel about the backups there in a, it, you know, in a Cardinals offense that isn't really uh, flowing real well right now? Yeah, as far as the backups go, I think um, Eno Benjamin was the one used yesterday most. Maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I just saw that he, you know, he had a nice play. But I don't, man, I don't want either of the backups there. I don't want to even play James Conner right now. But if you have him, you probably have to. Uh, due to the Arizona offense, it's just not doing anything. I mean, Hollywood looks good. He's getting targets. He catches balls and, and is fast, so that's great. I always want to get, like, after a game like this from Hollywood, I always want to get a montage together with that song, I Am Hollywood, but he is legend, and just blast that because he's so good and it gets me hyped up. But, uh, yeah, outside of him, I don't even want, I don't want to play Dorch on a given week. Uh, I, I, I'll play Dorch in a flex in a full PPR. I'm I'm not super excited about it, but because the Cardinals offense is really struggling right now, I mean, Kyler Murray's not even running, which is usually the baseline you look for. So I own Kyler as my starting quarterback in a couple different leagues, and he's been really disappointing so far. Um, the tight ends here, Higby and Ertz, were both okay. Uh, nothing dude, special, dude, but they didn't, they didn't crap your team. So Two QB dynasty league. Got a two QB dynasty league with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray as my QBs. And I am drowning, Jordan. Hey, I'm in that two QB league. And my two QBs were Trey Lance and Jameis Winston. So I am uh, I am struggling right there with you, brother. All right, let's yeah, move on to the next uh, game. It's not, it's not always pretty out here, you know. Uh, I did actually in that league go go get Carson Wentz. Um, didn't have to pay too much to acquire him, and I have a decent team outside of the quarterback position, so I was trying to salvage my season. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, we can move on to the next game. Falcons 27 at Seahawks 23 Falcons finally get a win one and two Seahawks moved to one and two Kyle Pitts got involved finally uh, five receptions on eight targets 87 yards for Pitts Drake London had a nice touchdown uh, only three of six but he had 54 yards on those three receptions um, and then Patterson was the story for the Falcons he had 17 carries for 141 yards and, and a touchdown on the ground so really nice game for Patterson. He was way more involved than Algier was this game, whereas last game they split 10 for 10. Um, do you uh, do you feel confident rolling out Patterson going forward? I would feel very confident rolling out Patterson. Um, I don't see the stats after this game with Saquon, but before tonight's Monday night game, uh, Patterson was the number two overall rushing yards leader so uh it was nick chubb and then patterson and not chubb wasn't even that far ahead so let, let's give patterson his due um falcons seem to have unlocked something here and dude just keep it rolling 
Nice. Yeah, he's he's been great since he's been, you know, playing running back for the Falcons. So I hope he keeps it up. I'm rooting for the guy. Uh, Geno Smith had 325 yards and two touchdowns. Not a bad game for Geno Smith. Uh, DK Metcalf caught a touchdown on 64 yards, five receptions. Uh, Tyler Lockett, nine receptions on 11 targets. He had 76 yards. The other touchdown went to Will Disley, my boy. I love it. Um, and then we had Rashad Penny, 14 for 66 <laughs> on the ground, uh, one of one for three in the air Walker three for 19 and three for three for 14 yards through the air. Um, how do you feel about Penny and Walker? Are you wanting to start either of these guys? And if so, which one? I have news for you. The Seahawks are a pass first offense. And I don't know why. <laughs> as far as who I want in this oh backfield, nobody, both of them. Uh, if I have Walker, I'm I'm really not excited about the rest of this season. Um, if I have Penny, I might try to trade him because he's actually getting work. But I don't think the Seahawks are going to continue to have success um you know and continue for but i don't think they're gonna have games where they score 30 points so yeah i have penny on my bench in league of record and i'm worried about it so you know hopefully i don't really have to start him this year um i'd definitely be looking elsewhere and walker is you know, the thing about Walker is you can't drop him to the waiver wire because somebody's going to pick him up, but you also certainly can't play him. Not anytime soon. You got to see some volume increase for him. So no, um, you don't way. have to hold him, but can't play Walker. I don't right think now. you can. Can you drop him? I think I would drop Walker if there was better options out there. If Khalil Herbert is on your waivers, I might drop Walker. Okay, I would do it for Khalil Herbert. Um, would you do it for, like, uh, Samaje Pirine? No. Okay. All right, we'll move on to the next game and then we'll hop into waiver wires here in just a minute. Um, we had Packers 14 at Buccaneers 12. Uh, this was another really defensive game. Both offenses struggled a lot. Rodgers did have 255 passing yards and two touchdowns. Brady had 271 and one touchdown. The running backs really, really struggled in this game. Uh, all three running backs were in single digits. Uh, Fournette, Aaron Jones, and... Uh, uh, AJ Dillon all all really struggled in this game. Uh, Romeo Dubs was the uh, highlight for Green Bay, eight for eight for seventy three yards and a touchdown. He did have a fumble, but Lazard also caught uh, four receptions for forty five yards and a touchdown. On the Buccaneers side, Russell Gage got involved, twelve receptions on thirteen targets for eighty seven yards and a touchdown. He also fumbled. The tight ends were involved. They were okay, but nothing too great in this game. So I don't think there's a lot of fantasy relevant stuff from this game. We are, uh, I guess, dubs would be the the one thing 
Um, if he is out there on your waiver wire, we're going to talk about him soon. He's going to be a big waiver ad because the Packers need somebody in that offense going forward who is a reliable target. And, you know, with Dobbs Do catching eight, all eight of his Watson targets injury? today. So uh, Christian Watson didn't play. I'm not sure how bad it is going forward. I mean, he's only played what one of the first three games so far. And so we're going to have to pay attention to that. Uh, yeah, but Sammy you know, Watkins is on IR now too. So they're, they're going to have to have somebody in there. Um, if Christian Watson's missing time and Sammy, Sammy Watkins is on IR, like, I mean, Dobbs and Lazard are both probably playable every week. Yeah, things are going to get better for the Buccaneers offense as they get healthier. They're going to get Mike Evans back from suspension next week. So uh, I just kind of look at it as, as a wash for that, uh, that Buccaneers offense. All right, uh, next game, we had the 49ers at the Broncos on Sunday night football. 49ers 10, Broncos 11. The Broncos moved to 2-1. and one. 49ers moved to 1-2. and two. The defenses looked really good in this game, and the offenses looked absolutely terrible. Uh, Jeff Wilson had 106 yards on the ground, or 106 total yards, I'm sorry. Um, Melvin Gordon got a touchdown but uh, was 12 for 26 on the ground and five for 29 through the air. Javante 15 for 58 on the ground, three receptions for two yards through the air. You had Cortland Sutton get eight receptions for 97 yards. Brandon Ayuk caught a touchdown and Debo had 79 total yards. So you had a lot of the fantasy options be okay in this game, but nobody really stood out in a very low scoring game that was, extremely boring a lot of people complaining about this game so um we did see kittle return that was nice four receptions for 28 yards uh how do you feel about kittle going forward in this uh jimmy g 49ers offense they're not gonna have to play that stout broncos defense every week and i do think the niners are gonna figure it out i'm i'm worried because mike mcdaniel is excuse me, Mike McDaniel is clearly doing a great job on the offensive side in, in Miami. And they're, they seem to be missing that there in San Francisco. So that's, that's what I'm a little bit worried about. And it makes me more worried about Kittle and it makes me more worried about Debo, but that run game, I think is still going to be worth playing. If you've got Jeff Wilson, go ahead and keep rolling him out there. Uh, Kittle, I'm going to put him in my tight end slot. I think he's worth it. I was obviously still going to play Debo. I'm just, I'm tempering my expectations with all these guys right now. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Debo's going to see the volume, so I'm fine with Debo. Jeff Wilson, you can definitely continue to play. I do like Ayuk. He got involved early on in this game, uh, caught the touchdown. I think that was one of their first drives of the game that he caught that touchdown and then uh, really didn't do much for the rest of the game. But um, I think, I think the as opening Jimmy G gets worked into this offense, yeah, I, I think it was the opening drive. So I think as Jimmy G gets worked into this offense, they're going to try and make Ayuk a focal point at certain times, and he's going to have some good games going forward. Definitely a guy you can flex as we get into the bye weeks and stuff. So um, I like that offense going forward, but that was a just a nightmare of a game. Um, let's uh, let's hop into Monday Night Football. Hey, look, is Russell Wilson ever going to figure Cowboys this out? With the Broncos? At the Giants, who Hold were on, un- real quick. 
I, I just yeah, need to sorry. know if I, I, you uh, think I, that over the next, say, three games... Will Russ figure it out, Jordan? I think Russ will figure it out if the coaches allow him to figure it out. I don't think that this is as much of a Russell Wilson problem as it is a coaching problem. So um, I'm I'm not worried about Russ and these offensive pieces long term. Uh, but in the short term, I'm definitely worried because you know, the coaching decisions really, really affect these things. And if these coaches can't figure out how to get the ball out of Wilson's hands and into his playmakers hands more efficiently and how to uh, actually score points in the red zone, then this offense is going to continue to struggle. So, and they have a good defense, which is like the worst combination for fantasy. There you go. All right. Well, with that said, let's uh, let's hop into Monday Night Football with the Cowboys at the Giants. Twenty three to sixteen Cowboys. Both teams are now two and one. Uh, Cooper Rush, pretty decent game. Two hundred and fifteen yards and a touchdown through the air. Zeke. Zeke got into the end zone. Fifteen for seventy three on the ground. Not bad. Uh, Pollard was much more efficient again. Thirteen for one oh five on the ground. Um, and CeeDee Lamb got involved, 8 for 12 for 87 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, not bad games from the fantasy pieces you wanted to see do well in this uh, in this game for the Cowboys side. Um, Daniel Jones on the other side had 79 rushing yards, 196 passing yards, but did throw an interception. Saquon had a really nice game, 14 for 81 and one touchdown and four of four in the receiving game, caught 45 yards. Uh, we did have Sterling Shepard go down. He was really the only wide receiver who did anything for the Giants in this game and went down with a uh, what looked to be a knee injury at the end of the game. So we'll have to keep an eye on that going forward. Um, Saquon, man, he has been awesome. He's one of the few running back bright spots so far this season. Uh, I think now after this game is factored in, he will be RB2 on the season, only behind Nick Chubb and not very far behind Nick Chubb. So uh, what do you think about Saquon going forward? Are you trying to capitalize now or are you just going to keep riding hot with with Saquon? Man, I would just keep riding hot with Saquon. He looks like he's going to be great this year. Uh, Might be the only giant worth owning. So go ahead and roll him out. The other thing is, too, that offensive line seems to be putting it together for him they can't pass block at all i can't pass protect at all but they seem to be moving the line for saquon and they're getting some stuff to him and you know uh, around the outer edge too so keep keep rolling out saquon he's gonna be great this year all right well that does it for our week three recap we're gonna uh, hop into a little bit of waiver wire stuff here so uh Let's uh, let's talk about one name real quick at the QB position. If you're in a two QB league, you're going to need to go pick up Brian Hoyer, the New England quarterbacks backup court or New England Patriots backup quarterback. Uh, it sounds like Mac Jones will be missing maybe two to four weeks is is what it sounds like right now. So uh, any other quarterbacks you would want to pick up in a two QB or is there anybody you specifically want to highlight for maybe streaming in a one quarterback league this week? 
Um, not necessarily. This, you know, I I'm disappointed by a lot of these streaming options that I would go with, like a you know a Jared Goff or something like that. I, I worry that he's not going to keep up this kind of performance, but he could. So that maybe, maybe Goff, if the, if he's out there. I might stream him this week, but other than that, in a two QB league, like you said, pick up Hoyer. If Cooper Rush is still out there, I guess uh, somehow then pick him up. But uh, yeah, you named it. Yeah, man, I'm looking at the quarterbacks in in our league of record that are available. This is a one QB ten team league, and uh, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, all on the waiver wire. So there's definitely some options out there for streaming. Um, pick the matchup you like, and you can take a shot with one of these guys. Um, that's probably where I'd go over a guy like Wentz or Mariota or Tannehill or something like that. Is you know hope. Hope that uh, you get a bounce back game from a Rodgers or a Brady. So, um, all right, let's move on to the running back position where there's definitely going to be some excitement this week. Uh, Khalil Herbert and Samaj P. Ryan, I think, are going to be the two big names because we have a knee injury for David Montgomery and we have an ankle injury for Joe Mixon. So, um, if you're the David Montgomery owner and Khalil Herbert is on your waiver wire, which he probably is not, he's probably owned in most leagues. And if your league is competitive, he's not on your waiver wire, but it, let's assume that he is. And, uh, you're the David Montgomery owner. How much would you spend? I'd spend probably 50% of my budget on it, but Maybe not. I don't know. Is he your RB2 or is he a flex yeah. option? Because if he's your RB2, I'm going to go ahead and, and drop that fab. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, I don't know if I'd go clear up to 50, but probably I'd go over 30 if I'm the Montgomery owner because you're going to need to lock up that position. You're probably, depending on starting David Montgomery week in and week out, and with him already banged up and how good Khalil Herbert's been when he's been in that backfield, uh, he's a guy that I want to own for sure. Um, Samaj P. Ryan, uh, where are we at with him? Because Joe Mixon, we don't know much with this ankle injury. I don't think it sounds super severe. But if you're the Mixon owner, he's probably somebody that you want to have on your bench just in case uh, this were to become aggravated or something next week if he plays. Yeah, I'm fine with spending a little bit of fab on Samaje. If I'm the Joe Mixon owner, I could maybe spend like 15% to uh, 20% somewhere in there. All right, nice. Um, I think maybe the big outside of the running back position, the big waiver wire uh, acquisition this week is going to be Romeo Dobbs at the wide receiver position, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he had a really nice game in an offense that desperately needs uh, somebody to take a step forward. So I think people are going to be spending some fab on Dobbs this week. If you need a wide receiver and Dobbs is out there, what are you uh, willing to spend on Romeo Dobbs? This is one of those things. If I need a wide receiver, I, I like Dobbs for the next few weeks at least. Um, uh, you know, Christian Watson hasn't been really worked into this offense yet. He could be the guy who's now establishing trust with Aaron Rodgers going forward. We're not seeing a ton of volume to like Big Bob Tunyon like we wanted to. So I'm going to spend up a little bit on dubs and I'm probably going to do a little, you know, 
what something tricky and use a weird amount of fab on him too and do like 28 or 31 or something like that just so i can try to get an edge on those guys that do a round number gotcha but about that 25 to 30 range probably okay what about uh what about a couple other wide awesome awesome i think i would as well i like dubs a lot he got a lot of uh camp hype and preseason hype and so uh, he's somebody who could really take a step going forward. These rookie wide receivers tend to get better as the season goes on. So he's somebody that I really would like on my team. Um, Matt Collins, Zay Jones, Devonte Parker, Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Palmer, and Alec Pierce are some other names we put down at the wide receiver position. Who's your favorite out of those guys? And is there anybody here you really want to spend up on? Or are these guys uh, maybe just a dollar fab that you're trying to add on the back end of your roster and see if they continue to do things going forward. You know, I'm going to be kind of contrarian here, I think, and I'm pretty sure my favorite guy out of this bunch is Zay Jones. And I would probably, you know, I'd I'd spend five or whatever fab on him to make sure I get him on my roster. But yeah, like you said, if if you just want to add Isaiah McKenzie or Josh Palmer, those are probably other names I'd look at and drop a dollar or two on them and just try to get them on your squad. Yeah. McKenzie's snap share has been going up. He plays for the bills. It's a great offense. Um, Josh Palmer as well. And he's been getting more looks for that chargers offense. So those two guys I like as just a kind of a speculative ad, see if things continue to trend in the right way. And you can probably get them pretty cheap. Just one to $3 fab. If you're in a deep league, they might not even be out there, but if they are, you might have to spend a little more because uh, you might not have a lot of of great options on that waiver wire throughout the season. So if you are in maybe like a 14-team league and Josh Palmer's out there and not owned or, or he was dropped because of the Herbert injury or something, uh, he's a guy that I would maybe spend up on a little bit because he is getting some targets there. And uh, I threw Alec Pearson just because... Uh, he missed week two, but uh, his snap share and his targets and everything from week one to week three increased, and he is a rookie, and they do need another weapon there in that indie uh, offense. So um, you can, you might, Alec Pierce might be a guy who you can wait until after waivers go through, grab him for free if you've got an open roster spot, and just see what happens. Nice. I like that. Cool, cool. And uh, let's uh, go to the tight end position. Um, We've got David Njoku, Tyler Conklin, and Will Disley, maybe. Uh, I'm a huge Will Disley fan, so I don't know if I would necessarily add him, but he is somebody to keep an eye on going forward. It seems that uh, Seattle likes to use him in the red zone and... uh, you know, he's had some big games here and there. So if you're in a really a really deep league and you're struggling at the tight end position, you could probably do worse than Disley. But um, we've got Njoku on the waiver wire in our league of records. So I know he's out there in some sh- more shallow leagues. Uh, I know he got dropped after week one or week two in a lot of leagues. So um, are you interested in Njoku? Do you... Do you, is he a guy that you want to start week in week out or is he just a streamer for you who you wouldn't want to spend a lot of fab on the way i'm looking at this these three guys i think i want conklin the most he seems to be getting you know six seven eight targets a game 
Um, and Joku, we've seen have huge games before. He's an athletic freaking monster, and he can have these blow-up games. But um, the Browns have never really featured him. No, In fact, none of his teams have ever really featured him in a consistent way. And that's kind of the same with Disley. He's he's a good red zone weapon, but he's never really been a focal point of of the Seahawks offense. Pete Carroll loves him and loves to use him in these uh, packages where he is all of a sudden just open in the middle of the end zone for some reason. Uh, but Conklin seems like the more steady you can get production out of this guy week in and week out to me. You know, I, I think you may have convinced me. I, I think... Uh, you know, he's tight end three right now, and that's for a reason. It's because he's seeing the volume. So I think Conklin, the the big worry there is that we don't know what that offense is going to really look like when Zach Wilson comes back, which very well could be this week. But uh, it seems that the team wants to use him in a in a bigger role. So I think Conklin's OK. Um, I'm just I worry about Njoku because I worry about that Browns offense as far as the passing game is concerned. I think the running backs are the best pieces to own there. And then I wouldn't really be confident starting Njoku week in, week out. And I only bought, brought Disley up because he scored two touchdowns on the season. And I just love that guy. So uh, go Will Disley, but probably don't actually pick him up except maybe in a really deep league. Fair enough, man. All right. Well, anything else you got to add? No, man. I think that's going to wrap it up this week. I hope you all have a good, you know, weekend or a good uh, work week and and week four of football. Yeah, I'm excited. Hey, uh, we will be back uh, on like Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday with some uh, breakdowns for week four of the matchups. Uh, as always, you can find us on our main Twitter at Best Coast FF. You can find me at BCFF underscore Jordan on Twitter. You can find me at BCFF Josh on Twitter. Awesome. And thanks for sticking with us, guys. We really appreciate you and love the support. Uh, please give us a, a like and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would, uh, it would help us out a lot. So thank you very much, and we'll uh, hear from you soon.